0: You are listening to the Sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church, located at 3144 South Holm Avenue in Berwyn, Illinois. We invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9 o'clock a.m. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if you follow the pattern of the times that I come up here to preach, it's because you remember that every time I come up here, it's because I have a ton of Bible verses for us to go through. And that's what I'm doing today. We're starting our series talking about the idea, a uh, philosophy called moralistic therapeutic deism. And this is a worldview an idea that is popular amongst many, many people, especially in America, that talks about the way people believe that God interacts with humanity. And this this belief has a few main tenets. It is five of them. The first one is, is that God created the world and watches over us from afar. Two, God wants us to be good and nice, like all the world religions teach. Three, the goal of life is to be happy and feel good about yourself. Four, God doesn't need to be involved in your life unless you have a problem. And five, good people go to heaven when they die. This is a popular way of thinking about the Bible and about the way God interacts with us but it's different from the way scripture presents itself. Over the next several Wednesdays, we're going to take a look at each one of those, but today we're going to do an overview of the philosophy behind this and compare it to what the Bible actually says. So if you sum up the way this teaching is, it can be summed up as God works for me. If you believe that in these teachings, what you believe is that God is there to make your life better. Now this, you can get this if you look at the Bible in certain ways. You can see that the Bible says that God loves us. You can look at verses like John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life possibly the most popular verse in the Bible, it's all about God's love for everyone. Many people also talk about God's love for humanity with that simple passage from 1 John chapter 4, where it says, God is love. And when we look at that all on its own, we start to think that God loves us just the way we are. It also teaches that God is there to make our lives better. You can look at what Jesus said in John chapter 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Or Philippians 4 verse 13 where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's the idea that God has come to make us better, to give us more power, to make us happier, to help us reach our goals. And when life doesn't go quite as well as we want, God is there to give us therapy, to make us feel better. Philippians chapter 4 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Where God is there to help us when we're in trouble, to make us feel better when we're sad. And then in the end, it's all about getting the things that we want and perhaps the most popular verse from this whole series for that is Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope and it's not just individual Bible passages you can look at a lot of the stories from the Old and New Testament and see God has done some amazing things for some people. I think the most popular one is the story of King David. David, who was the youngest shepherd boy in a family, when God chose him to be king, he shot straight to the top. He killed off Goliath. He became king. He was successful in everything that he did. And God wants that for you, too. People also point to Abraham and say that God chose Abraham and gave him something amazing, a land that he could call his own, a family and a blessing. Look at the wonderful gifts that God gave Abraham. Behind all of that is the idea that God is here to help us get the things we want. To help us be the people we like to be and have our dreams come true. And if you look at the Bible in a certain way, it can almost seem like that is right. As long as you avoid one very important story. Jesus' death on the cross. You see, the idea that God is here to give us the things we want can't stand up to the story of the cross. You know it. Jesus, the perfect God and man, he shouldn't have had the life that he had. If this were true, he would have had an amazing life. He would have been rich and powerful. He would have been honored by everyone, achieved all our dreams, but instead, He was arrested in the middle of the night. His friends abandoned him to his captors. He was falsely accused of rebellion. He was beat up. They sent him to King Herod where they threw a purple robe on his back and gave him a staff and mocked him and hit him. They went to Pontius Pilate where they spit on him and hit him and blindfolded him and asked them to to prophesy which one had hurt him. Then Pontius Pilate whipped him within an inch of his life and then forced him to walk all the way to a hill outside the city of Jerusalem. He was so weak, he couldn't even drag the cross with him. They had to make someone else carry it. And then when he got out there, they nailed him to that cross where he died of exhaustion and exposure. He was living his best life now. That story is the heart of what the Bible says. That story helps us understand every promise that Jesus gives us. And it shows us that God is not there to work for us. He doesn't come to make our lives better. He comes to make dead people rise to life. And the cross tells us that we are dead in our sin. Romans 5:12 says, "Therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned." When you look at the cross, you see what we deserve. You see the wrath of God poured out on all humanity, and instead of us, on Jesus. You see what God would have done if Jesus had not died for you to each and every one of us. So there is something wrong with the world, and that something is you and me. And the cross reminds us that that's what we deserve that the wrath of God should be poured out on us instead of him. 2 Corinthians 5, chapter uh, chapter 5, verse 20 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus took our place in sin. His suffering and death on the cross was for us. Instead of getting what we deserve, we get what He deserves. And the cross then also shows us what our lives are supposed to be like. Not chasing after the things that we want, but chasing after what God wants. Because when God raises us from the dead, as He pr- has promised, we are to live as new people. Romans 5, chapter 8 says, But God shows us his love for us, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Since there we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. This new life that we have, being raised from the dead, means to follow Jesus and that path towards the cross. As Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. The path that Jesus walked all the way to Jerusalem, where he was beaten, killed for us, that's the path he calls us to. Not to fulfill our dreams or to make us happy or to give us therapy, but to remain faithful to the end, denying our desires and following him, which is very different from the way. People expect God to work for us. Instead of being about us and what we want, our life is about him and what he wants. And it looks very different. We can see in history what that life looks like for many people. The very first one we could see is Stephen, the first of the disciples, uh, the first of God's people to be killed. He was tasked with serving the the widows and the orphans. And when he went to defend the faith, the authorities stoned him. You can see it in the life of Paul. He talks about all the problems that he went through in 2 Corinthians. He says, As servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, all of the things that he suffered. But that wasn't the limit. Eventually, he went to Rome where they beheaded him for Jesus' sake. You could talk about Ignatius who was a bishop who wrote letters to the churches at his time as he was heading towards the arena where they would throw him to the lions, and he said, Don't save me! I want to prove to be a true Christian. Be eaten by those lions. You could talk about the people now who suffer. About the Christians killed all the time in Nigeria by Boko Haram, by the Chinese pastors who are being imprisoned in trumped-up charges, by the people who are being killed because of Jesus. That's denying themselves, taking up their cross, and following him. And we know why they do it. We know why we want to do it, why we want to follow that path, because it's worth it. Because on the other side of the death on the cross is resurrection from the dead. That this life now where we've suffered hardships and deny ourselves and struggle with our passions and our problems and try to live as faithfully as we can, on the other side of death is life. When Jesus will return and raise us to live forever with him, then it won't be self-denial, and pain. It won't be suffering and hurt. It will only be glory with Christ forever when he finally heals everything that we are and gives us life with him. That's the difference between the two philosophies. One moralistic, therapeutic deism tells us that God is here to help us get what we want to get all the, the, the things of this world to make us happy. But in the end, it doesn't actually give us anything. It's just a way of reaffirming our own thoughts and our own hearts. It's a lie about God. But in the cross, Jesus shows us what God has really come to do. To take away our sin, to take the suffering that we deserve on himself, and show us the way through that cross, to resurrection from the dead and eternal life. Over the next five weeks on Wednesday nights, we're going to further explore this theme and see how, in our own lives, we think that we think very much like moralistic therapeutic deism, and how this often affects our own Christian belief. I encourage you to come and join us for those on Wednesday nights. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church. For more information about getting involved, please visit concordiaberwin.org. Like us on Facebook at Concordia Lutheran Church and Little Lands.